is Jeans and a Nice Top, a crash course in modern dating with Ash and Mel. Hi, Ash. Hi, Mel. You always laugh when we say hi. I know because I you always sound it so funny. <laughs> hi, guys. Hi, Mel. Hi, listeners, friends, associates, people who are still hate listening to the podcast. We love you for it. We love you. Hi to the ambulance that's going past both our houses right now. Mm. Really, yeah, it's all really going for it. It's all happening in the inner west of it's Sydney. All happening. It is all it happening. It sure is. What's been going on with you? Um, not too much, you know, after one of those weeks last week where you literally pop a rib out sleeping and someone <laughs> sideswipes your car and doesn't leave their details. This week has oh. been positively fantastic. Like, I mean, put a rib out sleeping. Like, I don't understand how that even happens. Apparently it's not easy. My chiropractor said, <laughs> I say my chiropractor, like I've seen this guy once and Dave's like, can you stop talking about this guy? Like, <laughs> Stop talking about the chiropractor. <laughs> but, yeah, it's apparently I just twisted it out sleeping wrong because I sleep on my belly without a pillow. So yeah, I sleep like the face down. Sleep, hey? yeah. yeah, face down, <laughs> no pillow, and, yeah, popped a rib out. And then uh, someone sideswiped my car. So not a great week last week. This week, feeling great. So. Crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, my biggest drama this week has been <laughs> – I'm convinced, I just get convinced about things and I'm convinced that my mattress is retaining heat. This is such a dumb fucking thing. But, like, I just keep waking up really hot. And so then I've been on the biggest research. Like, I know everything about mattresses now. I could tell you about every kind of mattress and every single different way that you can make your mattress cooler and not retain as much heat. And it's apparently to do with... If anyone else is having this problem, which is like 0.001 people because you're not all crazy like me, um, apparently it's to do with like if you don't have enough airflow under the bed. So we just got a new bed frame and it sits flat on the floor and it does have slats, but it's not like lifted up on legs. So there's mm. like little air pockets, but it's nowhere near what it used to be. Like it's not like a whole airflow area under there. So that's probably it. But the bed frame is so cute and I don't want to get rid of it and I don't want to put legs on it because... I don't like beds with legs, so I'm like, there will be another solution. And so the solution we have at the moment, which is crazy, but it's kind of working, is I have like a woolen underlay blanket, which is a very grandma thing to have. Like, you know, nans always have, they're like these, um, it's shilling. like with wool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's shilling. Yeah. I, uh, I, have energy, a, right? yeah, I love a shilling topper. <laughs> yeah. And they're so comfy. And in winter, they're really warm. But did you know that a lot of them you can flip? And so the other side of mine is like a cotton cover. And so when you flip it, the wool is face down, but wool actually is like a heat regulator. It doesn't just keep you warm. It keeps you at like a good temperature. And I swear to God, it's working. Like I'm less hot because of the wool topper. So Nan's really knew what the fuck was up from 1950 onwards, basically, whenever under, I'm sure these things have been in existence for a long time. In fact, I feel like there's something you would use in like the ye olde times. Because yeah, you just of have course. <laughs> You'd probably just lie on five sheep and keep. That's how you would regulate your temperature. <laughs> in, in your barn. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just the sheep. Not even this. Like not even actually their like wool coats. Just the actual sheep. Like you just get in there. 
that I sounds think like be the ideal sleeping. That sounds like my dream to just like <laughs> sniff all their little faces, and I would love that. Oh, it'd probably be more pooey than you would think, though. Don't they get like heaps of poo on their bums? Dags, yeah, they're called dags. dags. That's yeah, the one. yeah. Look, I mean, uh, I'm pretty biased towards the small ones. I think I'm a lamb fan, not a yes. sheep fan. So. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I'd like hanging out with a bunch of muttons going to sleep, but the lambs, yeah, I'm into lambs. Well, there you go. So you've got some um, insight into what Ash wants for Christmas, which is just a lamb. A lamb. I've been asking <laughs> for a lamb for like 10 years and I just have this like series of iconic photos of me just sniffing the little faces of lambs and baby goats. Aww. I love them, little kids. I wouldn't even be fussy. I'd take either one. I'd take a puppy at this point, but in, in I'd take anything. Just in an apartment, lamb. yeah. In I'd take apartment. a lamb. I'd take a goat. I'd take a- anything. Maybe not the baby, but I take other small farmyard animals if anyone uh, has any hot leads in Sydney. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I've been doing is I – so I watched all of Squid Game, which is fucked. Um, I don't know if – I'm sure someone's watching it. Are you watching it? I don't know if you should watch it. Nah, <laughs> no. No. It'll get in your brain too much. You take things in too hard in your mind and uh, you're like, it's too much. It was a lot for me. No, I've been watching the new ABC miniseries, Great Australian Drama, called Fires, which of is life-ruining. Don't even watch it. Like, of course it's, you have. <laughs> it, yeah, life-ruining Australian drama. It's so what, what, um, sad. What Aussie actors are in it? Like, what have we got out of the trifecta? Okay, so there's a few. There's the guy um, out of Rake. Oh, what's his name? Richard Roxburgh, and then oh, there's, yep. Mar- there's Miranda Otto. Oh, we got Miranda Otto. Miranda That's Otto's like top in tier. There. That's yeah, top the- tier Aussie pen of You know actors. why? They've got some real top tiers in there, like Sam Worthington. I think what? it's because, yeah, it's not your average McLeod's daughters, like roll them out actors. I think it's because it's about the the Black Summer bushfires. Right. That the, the heavyweights have come out to lend their acting chops to get people to watch it and you know memorialize it properly that's just what i think but yes there's well, actually that like- and also that no one can travel so they're probably all in australia like True. hanging out with their families how's me i just made it <laughs> you're like it's definitely because this is the most important show of the decade and they have all signed on to yeah. give this the memorial that it deserves and i'm like Look, oh I, they're just I, here. <laughs> i'm saying what i said but also another show i watched which is more up to date and uh cool as you would think is called made on netflix oh my god i was just gonna talk to you about made it was I'm obsessed it was absolutely life ruining yeah I mean, um, don't tell me anything because I'm only up to episode two. So, well, yeah, I mean, you've already found it life ruining. Oh, I mean, yeah. I was going to, yeah, it's it so just, full on. Girlfriend just, I mean, what? It's you cannot ten, catch a break. It's 10 hours. And yeah. when for 10 hours, she does not catch a break. Girlfriend, yeah. she don't catch one break till the last seven minutes of those 10 hours. Oh just strap God. yourself in. Like, it is so crushing that show. Mm. I, yeah. It's so good, though, because I feel like it's, I mean, look, I I just feel like maybe I just have not seen many shows that cover domestic violence that isn't sort of very, like, it's either extremely, like, overt domestic violence, like, person gets punched or, you know, threatened with a knife kind of violence Mm. um and it's resolved quite quickly i'm just trying to think in my head like i just can't think of a show or a movie i've watched that really 
like looked at the ongoing struggle of somebody escaping an abusive relationship, how it's not like you just walk into a domestic violence shelter and you're sweet. Like there's so many factors. And I think that was like for me so far, like obviously I'm only two episodes in, but I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like, like it's not just the, and I think it's the, it's similar in the way to how we're more and more recognizing how difficult it is to come forward to talk about, you know, historical sexual abuse and, and, and assault, because it's not just the actual, like, you have to have the guts to do the thing in the first place. Like you have to have the courage to do the scary thing, which is to either talk about it or obviously leave your partner. But then it's like finances, like, where are you going to fucking sleep? like going through all of the like red tape that you have to get through to get a job or get like into a shelter. It was just fucked. Yeah, I think the practicalities of the situation and navigating government assistance systems are that they essentially set you up to fail and a lot of people don't have great support networks and whether yeah. that's because they've immigrated to Australia or they're, um, you know, they just don't have contact with their families there's a multitude of reasons and it's so hard to navigate those systems and when you're watching someone else do it it's harrowing I read an mm-hmm. interview actually with because it's based on a book by a woman called mm-hmm. Stephanie Land and Which she's you're now gonna read aren't you yeah big time yeah. oh man I'm reading that this <laughs> I weekend like, I saw that it was based on a book and I was like I wonder if Ash has watched this because she yes. would definitely want to read this big time but she was saying since it aired on Netflix so many people have been coming up and asking, like, can I buy you dinner? What do you need? And she's like, nothing, doll. Like, I'm good. I got this big Netflix check. But I want you to ask that to the single parents in your life. Like, ask a single mum what they need. Offer to buy them a meal. Mm. Like, I'm good now. I could have used it a few years ago. But it was, like, quite a great reminder to just remember there are people in your life who you don't have to look too far, I guess, to find someone who is maybe up against these systems. Yeah, fully. And it's like, and it's such a, um, like, it's so easy to overlook that type of mm, homelessness or need, I guess, in a way, because like, I just remember, like, this isn't giving anything away, but there's like a scene where she's at the ferry, she goes to the ferry station with her daughter, and she's sort of like, basically sleeping there, she has nowhere to go. And um, this guy that she had met earlier in her life was like, oh, Alex. And she's like, fully like trying to blow him off because like it's so awkward because she's obviously like feels this shame about the fact that she's just actually sleeping in the ferry station because she doesn't know where to go um and so she's just trying to kind of cover her ass but it's like that like it can be somebody that you've literally met and know and and a lot of things with domestic violence and and financial struggles and all of that is stuff that people hide like they feel ashamed about these things so they're not going to be like they're not going to be reaching their hand out to help. Like they, they almost need somebody to do that for them. So yeah, it's just, it was a really fucking good show and yeah, really harrowing though. It's not a fun time, um, but it is, I think a good watch, like a worthwhile watch. Yeah, absolutely. And great. Um, I guess not everything you can watch is going to be a fun time, right? It's yeah. great to, I guess, see these really poignant issues at play in a yeah, definitely. dramatic fashion. But it's also like weirdly funny as well. She's quite funny. Yeah, she is quite yeah. funny. And it's like quite sweet and heartwarming. Like her relationship with her kid is so cute. And the kid is so fucking cute. And then the I was I was watching it and thinking, and I always think this when there's like a kid or a dog that's like the main character. Not that they're the same thing. But like when they're the main character, like a a, a kid obviously 
is a kid, like a baby, it doesn't understand that it's an actor, really. And then a dog obviously is an animal, so it doesn't know that it's an actor. Not so when it's that, I'm like, you'd have to build such a rapport with that kid or dog. And then I always think about, I'm like, how many hours did they spend just hanging out? Like Margaret Qualley and and this little girl would have had so many hours of like hanging out and stuff. And there'd be so many scenes in there that were unscripted. Like I remember seeing a scene, I think she's like playing with her earring and she's going, the little kid's going like, how do I unclip these and stuff? And I'm like, I bet that wasn't in the script. And they've just like left in all of these little moments that make that relationship feel really authentic because you can, but like also... You wonder how much time they're just like, okay, can you, you need to be crying now. Like seem really sad because like, she's like three. So it's not like a baby baby. So she's like a three-year-old. So they obviously aren't are like probably telling her what to do. And I, it's just funny. I just love watching shows, movies like that and thinking, how's this going down in the background? Well, if you're a producer and you know <laughs> about the producers this. listening yeah, to the podcast. Let, let us know. Yeah, people who are hot sleepers and people who wrangle <laughs> children and dogs on film sets. <laughs> Get in touch. Get in touch. Um, but, yeah, I feel like this is, like, the last lot of, like, show binging that I'll have going on for a while because so New Sydney's opening up uh, as of Monday um, and it's quite a full-on open up now. Hey, Ash, like mm. we basically, for anyone that isn't in Sydney, um, the way that things are going is that it was originally going to be five people per household that you could have over to your house and it was going to be like 30 people outside, 20 people outside, sorry, and now it's 10 in a house and 30 outside So it's, and there's no restrictions anymore on where you can travel to really within Greater Sydney. So um, it's kind of a lot all at once considering yeah. we've been locked down for so long. And I know Melbourne, I think Melbourne is still in lockdown for a bit longer because I think you're just a little bit behind us in terms of vaxes. But basically there's a lot of, you know, cities that are reopening, um, which means that dating is back on the menu. Yeah, it's back on the menu. Like for but- real dating, not stupid fucking walk dates. But really, I love how a couple of episodes ago we were so earnestly telling you guys, picnic dates, walk dates, get amongst it, guys. <laughs> Frankly, we love it. This is the dating, like, renaissance. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't fucking hate, hate, hate it. I, I feel like at this point I'm really just over having to be outside in a park. It's not that I'm... She's an inside gal. Well, it's not that. It's more that it's like, you know, it's like that thing. If you were served like the best fucking lasagna every day, you'd be over the best fucking lasagna. But if you were like, well, I get to have this best fucking lasagna, but I also have this smorgasbord of other options that I could choose from and I can mix it up. That's, I think, where I'm getting at here is we're all tired of picnic and walking dates. Yeah. But we will still include them in our smorgasbord of dating ideas, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's nice to have some options outside of the pub, especially with so many people now taking the route of having some time off the booze, wanting some other activities. It kind of, it's been good that it's assimilated into our dating psyche without it seeming weird because before, Mm. two years ago, if I'd said to someone, do you want to just go for a walk in the park? They'd be like, you're weird already. Yeah, (laughs) like a year from Victorian age. Yeah, yeah. They'd be like, no, I don't (laughs) want to do that. But bustle. Now it just doesn't seem so strange to yeah, maybe yeah. suggest that, which is which is great. But I mean, 
guess one of the biggest things now coming out of this is the are you vaxxed, are you not vaxxed conversation. Yes. I mean, I know you can tell that from dating apps now with the badges, but I mean, like some people might not be using that. It can feel a little bit cheesy using that kind of information on your dating profile. So I guess it's just now a matter of like making that decision for yourself. Like if you don't want to be going on a date with someone who is vaxxed or isn't vaxxed, how to navigate that conversation on an app can feel quite awkward. Yeah, I feel like the difficulty is it's a, is this kind of a personal question. Like for many people it's not. Like I'm very out and like I'm very much like proud of saying that I'm vaccinated. I'm happy to say it. But I also do understand that not everybody is like I'm just a very outspoken person as is, so naturally I'm going to be like that. And I do think that it it you know is something that for many people is important, but it, you may not be the kind of person that's like, feel like you said, feels comfortable putting the little badge on their yeah. profile or like feels comfortable. Or, and, and if you don't put the badges on your profile or you match with someone who doesn't have the badge but doesn't have like anti-vax rhetoric in their profile so they're not like outwardly oh. saying they're anti-vax, that would be like an immediate red flag. That's the number one red flag now I think. is Yeah, it's no longer the photo of a guy like – holding a fish that we don't like it's when he's like no vaxxers that's his bio and you're like I know. Oh. and if you see these oh. can you please screenshot them and put them in the group jeans and a nice top on facebook because i want to see them i yeah. need to see these these profiles i bet they're out there there would definitely be some like no vaxxers um please or whatever um i think that's just chaos but yeah the number one red flag now uh, but, you know, say they don't have that on their profile and you're chatting and you have a personal kind of decision that you're like, I'm not going to go out with someone who's not, not vaccinated. vaccinated. Um, like, when do you bring it up, you know? And that is a hard thing because it's kind of a, one of those, it's almost like, you know, when we did our episode that was like mini baggage and it was like, when do you bring up or ask about things that are kind of, they're not necessarily like, deal breakers they might be deal breakers or they might not yeah. be deal breakers but it's also not something that you would just if you bring it up immediately at the very beginning of the conversation it can feel quite intense like when do you ask it I guess yeah I mean I think at the moment it would just be from the outset I would want to know if someone's vaccinated or not while I'm chatting to them because I probably just wouldn't be that keen to meet up if they weren't vaccinated or I guess it's kind of tricky now because it's a moralistic, it's a, it's a question of morals now. We've attached this really, I guess, yeah, a high, we, we assume we know things about someone when they're vaccinated or not. We yeah. just, we really kind of, it's a personality trait now when I think you should listen and hear what people are saying about why they're not vaccinated so I think it's worth broaching it when you're in that initial chatting stages, but I wouldn't just completely write them off because they're not vaccinated because they might have, you know, some other ailment or reason rather than I don't trust the government. Yeah, if we're gonna if we're getting I don't trust the government or it'll give me 5G or, you know, we don't know what's in it, then that's a red flag. But I feel like I'm, it. you're right, like you can't like I think it is important to not just immediately assume because I think that's the thing with apps is that, we're getting a, a snippet of that person. And I do think that these are the kind of people that wouldn't have vaccinated or anti-vax rhetoric on their profile because if you're not vaxxed because of 
you know, an autoimmune disease or a, um, you know, medical reason that means you can't get vaxxed or whatever the case may be, you know, you're probably not out here like yelling it on your profile picture. So like, no, I think that that's definitely like a case where you would ask it and you'd probably get a reasonable reason for why. Yeah. And then you have the information to make a decision that's best around your health. It's, you know, I feel like it's so different now, you know, before we go on a date, we wouldn't ask someone about their STI history. You know, it's, we're asking these really personal health questions of people before we go on dates with them. And of course, that's just, it's hard to talk about. Like, but there's no other health condition that we would discuss. We wouldn't even discuss no. our sexual health before we went crazy. on a date. Like, you wouldn't say, excuse me, have you got herpes? Which is obviously like an STI that you can get where you can't see like an obvious herpes outbreak. Like, as me, the captain of herpes fears knows, as Ash knows via me. <laughs> Or Captain H over here. There was this time, I don't think I've told anyone this story, there was this time where I really, truly convinced myself that I had slept with somebody who had herpes and I had just convinced myself I was going to get it. And so for, I think I Googled everything as, same with the woolen under blanket, I Googled every fucking thing you could possibly Google. And the information that I had was I had to wait 10 days. I think it was ten, two to 10 days for signs to appear was most percentage of people that get herpes. And so for two to 10 days, I was messaging Ash like constantly, constantly being like, I felt, I felt a tingle, Ash, Ash. I uh, felt one tingle. Anyway, felt, it turns out it didn't. But the point being is that it's not something you would ask people. I don't think it's something that we should be asking people um, because obviously uh like this is a whole other episode I think we could do, but like herpes is one of the most misunderstood STIs, I think, and the one of the most demonized. And really I know people that have herpes and they had like one outbreak and have never had one since, or you can be on antiviral meds that can help control outbreaks and blah, 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 blah. But the point being, that's for another episode. Yeah. The point being, yeah, we don't ask people about anything really medically. Uh, I know that some people would. Like, obviously, I think a lot of people who have chronic illness often will bring up their own medical history uh, because it can affect the way that they date in the same way that, you know, when we're talking to Bridget about endo, like there are factors to having something like endo where you need to bring it up. But people don't really ask you. People don't say, excuse me, do you have endo? Excuse me, do you have herpes? Like we don't ask and it's going to be interesting because I, and I think what you hit the nail on the head, Ash, I think a lot of this is a moral thing. And for me, yeah. it's a moral thing. Like I'm very passionate about the fact that we all really need to work together to protect the more vulnerable in our communities and getting vaccinated was that. And it was the only avenue we really had to do that. And so I was very happy to get vaxxed to help others more than myself. Like I wanted to be part of the wider solution to limiting deaths from COVID. Uh, So yeah, if I were dating right now, like if Tom were anti-vax, I think that would really affect our relationship and potentially ruin it because it's a really, it does say something I think about people. And I think that that's what we're trying to get at is it's almost like now we want to, you know, kind of, check it's almost like are you like 
a person that likes Trump, you know? Like that's the same, it's the same sort of yeah, energy. You, you attach almost a personality to them. Yeah. You form it in your head and you like you assume all these other things based on that one fact about them. But I think that it is kind of a fact that does kind of indicate a lot. And I mean, I'm, and totally. I'm not talking about people that are not vaxxed for medical reasons or anything in that, like even religious reasons. Like I think like, you know, I think that what I'm talking about here is this sort of wider discourse around. We don't know what's in it. Yeah, it's those, it's that type of person. I think that's more likely statistically what you're going to encounter on the apps now is someone who isn't vaxxed and they're not vaxxed because they don't believe in the vaccine and they Mm. believe instead in, you know, all these other unfounded theories. And to me, that does say something about a person. And it kind of just says something about a person in the same way that, like, you're probably just not going to get along with somebody who doesn't share your values, you know. And when we're chatting to somebody, there's usually, like, this point where if they bring up something where you're like, wait a minute, like you didn't vote like yes in the plebiscite for like LGBT marriage, like, you know, like things like that, like, like, like probably not going to have great convo, probably going to disagree on a lot of basic values that I hold very close to my heart. So I think that's really what it is. Hey. So it's just, yeah, it's another thing. It's another determining factor of whether you'll even get off the starting blocks with someone. Yeah, yeah. But I but I do think like, you know, if it were me, I think where I would be bringing it up is probably before organising a date. Like I'd probably be happy to chat for a bit um, and maybe it would come up anyway naturally. But if it didn't, uh, if we were going to go on a date, I'd probably be like, oh, by the way, are you vaxxed though? And if they, that's probably where I'd ask because my thing, and this kind of goes into the other part of dating in this post, like not post-COVID, but, you know, post-lockdown world, I guess, yeah, is um, safety, like physical safety, right? And so we kind of really don't want to get near COVID as much as we can, right? Like I still feel like, I mean, I don't know, just everyone's different, but I generally don't really want to get COVID. I'm not as scared of it now that I'm vaccinated, but like, I'd ideally like to not. I don't think I would walk into a room. If someone said that room is just filled with COVID, I'm not going to walk into the room, right? Fair. <laughs> this, just this room filled with where, COVID. Where is smell going? Where is this room? That would be a Squid Game game. You haven't watched it, but that's, that's the bullshit that Squid Game is. It's basically like sore, but like I would say even more fucked up in ways, but, you know, that's... Not for me, I just don't think you need to know. I don't want to give you images in your head that you're then going to, like, dream about for the next 10 to 20 years. But going out with somebody, that's where I would be like, okay, we're going to physically meet. I would just like to know that you're vaccinated because that's probably as far as I would go with that interaction with them. And if they were like, no, I'm not, um, and I'd be like, oh, do you mind telling me why? And if they were like, no, I don't want to tell you why, then I'd probably be like, okay, bye. And if they told me that it was because it had 5G in it, I'd be like, see you later. But, you know, that would really determine whether I would go physically out with them. Um, But that's the other sort of factor I think here is that I don't know about you. I'm mildly nervous. Like 
I'm excited that we get to go and do stuff. I really want to see my family. I would really like to meet a lot of people that Tom knows that I just have not met yet because we've been like 60% of our relationship has been in lockdown. But at the same time, I'm probably not going to be rushing back into like booking after booking a restaurant. And I'm not judging anyone that is because I think it's also really good that we're supporting our community. But for me personally, like the the reopening of society is a little bit scary because we've been conditioned now for so long to be like, do not be around people, COVID, like stay away, stay outdoors. So it's kind of like stressful to go back into physical dating in an indoors setting or like in a setting where you're not, you know, no touchy, you know, all of that stuff. Like I feel that's a big factor here. And I mean, I think we can mitigate that risk in a lot of ways by, you know, choosing a venue that's outdoors, making, you know, a booking somewhere that you feel has good ventilation and it's still while having a bit of a vibe because you still want this thing to get off the ground, right? And Mel and I were talking about this uh, on text earlier that it's really so much of a date and letting the other person know you're into them is the subtleties. It might be like, you know, grabbing the hand when you're walking from the pub to have a, you know, another nightcap or, you know, maybe a little kiss at the end of the day or just all those little like thigh slaps, like maybe not yeah. a thigh slap, you know, tap. Like this absolute smack on the thigh. Like yeah. Really just, just a horsey. <laughs> a noogie. Give them a noogie so they really know you're into it. But no, you're not going to give them any of that. Like it takes away the nuances of letting yeah. someone know you're into them. So I feel like more so than ever, we're going to have to use our big boy and our big girl words yeah, to like actually verbalize. Good. Like I had a really, like, instead of maybe having a kiss at the end of the date, cause you're both feeling a little bit precarious in that sort of level of touch. Like you're going to have to be like, I had a really great time. I want to see you again. Like, yeah. I just don't think I remember so many dates where I was just like, uh, you know, three sheets to the wind, just making out and like, Obviously. you know, all, always, all of and always those. making out in front of a furniture store. Why was I always making out in front of furniture stores? I swear to God, I've had that many first date kisses in front of furniture stores. Like I don't a understand. Har- like a Harvey Norman? Like were you like in a sometimes car a Harvey Norman, sometimes like a vintage furniture store just on, you know, Crown Street or something. Just a lot of different furniture stores. Don't know. Don't know. Mood. She doesn't Maybe have good lighting. I don't know. <laughs> but now, I mean, it's probably less of a possibility and that's going to be really tough dating. Yeah. Yeah. That's- and I think also with the, with the whole first kiss thing, that was something that like I do feel like no one was sending really clear signals. It was all very like drunk, kind of flirty, like you'd sort of just stand there and sort of stare in their eyes for a really long time and hope they just got it. And, you know, and, oh. and that nervousness, I think that's only going to be heightened because – what happens if you go in for the kiss and the person's like, oh, sorry, I'm not kissing um, on first dates because I'm just a bit freaked out from COVID? Yeah, which is so valid. That is so valid. Hugely valid, absolutely valid, but also going to make, I think, no one really wants to get put in that situation where then they're like, oh, shit, I fucked up. So I think that communication is going to be hot again. As, as mm. it has been starting to become again, I feel, because I think it started with consent and, you know, consistent consent in bed where you're actually saying, is this okay? Are you cool for me to do this, etc." Consent mm-hmm. is hot. Therefore, communications become hot. And I think the next stage is going to be 
hey, I had a really good time tonight. <laughs> so, hey, I had a really fucking good time tonight. That's a bit aggressive. <laughs> I really want to see you again. I really fucking want to see you again, okay? Don't have to make it in. <laughs> Why has no man ever spoke to me with that level of intensity? I, I can't even alarmed. I can't even get a text back. I know fully. You get like, yeah, I, yeah, it's been cool. yeah cool great next you know what else is cool is when i find like a caramella koala at the bottom of my handbag but yeah sure that is cool anyway so i think another thing that will be will help i think with the first date stuff and all of that is saying that kind of stuff because if you're saying something kind of vulnerable like hey i had a really good night tonight if that was said to me i would then feel more comfortable saying like me too um are we kissing or like, you know, whatever. Like I would yeah. be more comfortable to like put myself out there a bit. And then I think it it creates a little bit more of a natural end to your night and all of that. So I think the first thing I would say is like the first thing I'd say is what you said, Ash, which is like pick a place you feel comfortable in. And for me, that's gonna be outdoor, like beer garden beer vibe. gardens, you know, sitting out the restaurant not inside that's just me that's just a thing because if i were inside on a date i would just be thinking oh my god all these fucking people breathing their cesspit air all around me i don't like it and that would distract me you don't want to be distracted so go get your get your local locate locals location sorted Well, she was going to say get your low-carb beer, and I was like, this is – Get your low-carb beer. We do not condone that as a a weight loss strategy on these podcasts. No. Also, no one likes low-carb beer. There is not one good low-carb beer. Prove me wrong. Uh, But, yeah, I get your location sorted. I think this is a perfect time to be like, what are some great, easy first date spots – that I are just great go-tos so we're not like panicking and I don't have to like wait for them like take control be like let's go here I'd love to go here so that you then don't end up inside the dark you know tiny restaurant indoors if that's gonna make you uncomfortable you know and if it doesn't that's cool too like you know there are actually health and safety regulations set up to prevent like mass spread of COVID indoors. It's just a personal decision. And I think what we're going to be facing is a lot of people with a lot of personal boundaries that are completely valid and completely fine and just tackling how to get around those really. Yeah. And I mean, if you've been speaking to someone now for a few weeks or a few months during, um, you know, one of the Sydney or Melbourne lockdowns, and now you're starting to feel a bit nervous about actually meeting up with them, I would just say to you, like, don't be nervous because they're meeting up with you too. Like, I used to feel that too if I'd spoken to someone for a few weeks and then they know all this stuff about you, right? You've been speaking most days and so they know all these intimate details and then you go and meet them and you're kind of like, uh, hey, hey, Bill, uh, like, how's your day? I already know literally everything about you. But yeah. <laughs> they're just in the same boat as you. Like they've been sharing personal information with you, you with them, you've been vibing, just go out with them and try not to put too much pressure on it because if the vibe's not there in real life, the vibe's not there in real life. And at least you had someone to text for the past Fully, you know, weeks or yeah. months. Like, look because at, I, look I, at the bright side of things. Exactly. Because exactly, we're going to be building these things up, these real dates, these IRL mm. dates. If we've only been doing phone calls or text message or just still on the app, we're really going to build them up in our head. So I would just say go they're going to be just as awkward and nervous as you. And if they're yeah. not, then they're putting on some weird like bravado and they're faking it. 
fully and just know that they're faking it. It's like thing they're like faking the whole audience nude or whatever. Just know that everyone you're on a date with is faking it a bit. Seriously, they all are. No one Bravado is real and confident. But also, actually, this is a new one that I hadn't thought of before you said it, Ash. But I think that's going to be the third hurdle to overcome with going back to real life dating is like we don't know how to interact anymore i am a goblin i am a weird little goblin who has been indoors for so long in my house i've hung out with basically just tom i don't i don't know i i don't think if i were to go on a date tomorrow with somebody that i hadn't really met up with i would be cool how to be like i I would not be cool i'd probably just have some really elaborate conversation about like crocodile attacks in the northern territory because i was googling them the other day and that's not necessarily outside of the wheelhouse for things i would talk about on first dates but it's definitely like not my coolest hour and i think that would be a fear whether you walk into that date and suddenly you become like coolness mccoolison and you smash it or not the fear that you're not going to really have a way to just get around the clunkiness of meeting up in real life will be very real And I think this goes back to what you were saying episodes and episodes ago. So go back and listen to this if you haven't. Activity dates, things that you want to do. And I think that that could be the key to those initial first dates with people is instead of just going to the bar and drinking, um, which is great, great that we can do it, pick a night that's trivia night, pick a night that's bingo night, go for lawn bowls, go you know, like do something that gives you an activity that will kind of break the ice, I guess, and like give a, yeah. kind of a, a, a something to hold on to when things get a bit clunky. And I'm really feeling weird about going back into like, it's kind of, I guess you feel a little bit left behind when you're opening up after a lockdown or considering opening, you know, when you're in those early stages of we haven't opened up, but everyone's booking stuff. Everyone's like socially trying to fit stuff in and you do feel really overwhelmed. And my strategy is just shut down, say no one, do nothing. Like, and I know I'm going to have to reassimilate really slowly, like see one person a week. And like, if you're the same and you're feeling really, I guess, apprehensive, don't worry about it. Just say to whoever you're chatting to, hey, I'm so snowed this week. Like I feel really overwhelmed by everything. Like do you mind if we just push it a week or two? I'm really keen, but I'm just feeling like everything's a bit full on because I can't be the only freak who's like this. No, like, I think Most people are like yeah. so many people are like running at the door like, okay, so I booked this pub, this pub, is it? yep, this, 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 like let's do this, let's do this. It's like slow your ass down why are you rushing (laughs) like I I think also it's dependent on your situation like I know a lot of my friends that were living alone like fully alone are like fuck yeah get me back out there now and I also know a lot of people that became single right before lockdown are like that too because it's really fucking hard like as we've said many times on this podcast very hard to be single in lockdown particularly difficult I think if you had you were in a relationship and you were quite like settled with that person shit hit the fan before lockdown and so you found yourself kind of in your new single life but also stuck in lockdown restrictions so I get it on a lot of parts but I do think there is a big chunk of us and I'm with you there Ash where 
it's just a bit overwhelming. Like I don't know how to socialize. I get very tired. Like I went and had a picnic on the weekend just for two hours and I was wrecked. It was with like, you know, four friends wrecked absolutely wrecked afterwards partially because i was day drunk but also, but also you were giving like max mel it was yeah, just like max maximum mel and a lot of like and a lot of um what's the word like stimulation like people yeah. talking to you you interacting with people other stuff happening around lots of people around like we're all used to sitting in front of the tv watching our fucking netflix shows hanging out with one person maybe two, maybe a few if you've got housemates and going on some silly little walks with one or two friends during the week. Like we've been doing that for a hundred days in Sydney. It's been a hundred and probably about 110 now. And so, if you're in Melbourne, you'd be totally oh well God, versed in this. I don't even know how Melbourne people are like able to socialize anymore. I would just be an actual gremlin for life. I would be like, this is my life now. I'm never taking these leggings off. That's the other thing. I, what the fuck do you wear anymore? Like, I don't even know what to wear to the pub. I will probably walk into the pub wearing 45 different items of clothing that I bought in lockdown all at the same time. And I think that's a really good vibe. So don't be afraid to go out there on your first dates. Wearing everything. Just really balls to the wall, like OTT. I think it's a vibe. I think we should, give them we should outfit normalize queen. that. <laughs> give, give them it outfit real. queen. Yeah. yeah, give it everything. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. I've been no. quite restrained. I'm ready to like buy. I, I'm ready to just buy out the joint. Yeah, really, and buy then sit at home. Bustiers. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna write. I've got one bustier ready to make its maiden voyage, and then I guess I'll just come home with severe social anxiety because <laughs> I I can't socialize or cope anymore. So <laughs> yeah. sit inside, just watching shows, depressing shows about single mothers on. <laughs> The poverty line. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I think at the end of the day what it really – to sum it up is figure yes. out what your personal boundaries are. Yes, figure that out. Figure out if you're happy to date people that are not vaxxed, if you aren't, if you're happy to go on multiple dates a week, if you're not, if you're happy to go on indoor dates, if you want to limit them, whatever the fuck it is, it's fine. Like don't I, – I think don't – let reopening and dating push your own boundaries like no. I think, you know it's easy to do because you might think oh like they're gonna think I'm weird if I don't want to like go on a date indoors or if I want to still do walking dates or whatever it is I don't think they are I think most people are pretty understanding and if they think you're a cool person they're probably going to be pretty flexible in terms of accommodating your personal boundaries and I think beyond that is just, you know, ease into it if you're freaking out. Like, don't feel like, oh, God, I haven't had sex for 110 days. I need to immediately, like, find somebody to start doing it with. No, you don't. It's okay. Like, I mean, you can, by all means, do it. Get it. But, like, get it. Like, fully get it. But also, you can just get it on your own with your vibrator. I'm. That's also a a vibe, so to speak. Yes. So, like, yeah, don't. I think don't put pressure on yourself. I think that's probably the that ramble for me was just don't put pressure on yourself and like be proud of your own personal boundaries and don't be apologetic about them. Yeah, totally. Set a boundary, check it twice. It's just like done. Don't. And that's dating as well. Like we do yeah. that all the time. Like if you're a person who's like if they ghost me once, they're dead to me, Ash Austin. Um, <laughs> then great. And if you're a person like me who's like you can ghost me 45 times and I will still welcome you back into my arms. 
<laughs> oh god anyway yeah. um but yeah let us know also let's chat personal boundaries like talk in the mm-hmm. group um because it can be helpful to share with other people and see what other people's personal boundaries are. i might start that convo actually okay jeans and a nice jeans and a nice top podcast yeah. on facebook come uh follow us on instagram for all of the memes you need so many memes ash is so good at the memes it's a lot of memes it's mainly ash it's mainly ash and she's very good there are there are there are some relevant uh little tiles and videos in there i will say uh and we'll see you guys same time next week thanks guys bye bye